Hello and welcome to a Dry Bones Ministries special podcast series on the consecration to St. Joseph. My name is Father Adam Potter and today is day 23. We continue our journey in this preparation for our consecration to Jesus through the most chaste heart of St. Joseph by looking at this petition in the litany of uh, St. Joseph, lover of poverty. Pray for us. This is a bold petition, uh, and we're going to look at it today. What does it mean that Joseph was poor? What does it mean to love poverty? And where is it that the Lord and St. Joseph is inviting us to grow in greater spiritual poverty, a true detachment? Well, we can't go into this without prayer, so let's begin first by invoking the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our salutations to St. Joseph. Hail Joseph, image of God the Father. Hail Joseph, Father of God the Son. Hail Joseph, temple of the Holy Spirit. Hail Joseph, beloved of the Holy Trinity. Hail Joseph, most faithful helper of the Great Council. Hail Joseph, guardian of holy virgins. Hail Joseph, great lover of poverty. Hail Joseph, exemplar of meekness and patience. Hail Joseph, model of humility and obedience. Blessed are you among men, and blessed are your eyes which have seen the things you saw. Blessed are your ears which have heard the things you heard. And blessed are your hands which have fondled the word made flesh. And blessed are your arms which have carried him who keeps all things in existence. And blessed is your bosom on which the Son of God fondly rested. And blessed is your heart aflame with the most ardent love. And blessed is the Eternal Father who chose you. And blessed is the Son who loved you. And blessed is the Holy Spirit who sanctified you. And blessed is Mary, your spouse, who loved you as her spouse and brother. And blessed is the angel who guarded you. And blessed be forever all who bless and love you. The Memorare to St. Joseph. Remember, O most chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, my spiritual father, and beg thy protection. O foster father of the Redeemer, despise not my petitions, but in thy goodness, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grateful to be with each and every one of you. Thanks for um, continuing on and persevering. Keep going. We're coming down to our, our final days, and hopefully yesterday was helpful just to be reminded of not just where we are, but especially where we're going, and just to have that, that end date of anticipation to really be able to be fully prepared so that we're disposed to receive that grace that the Lord wants to give us through St. Joseph, and just be free, to be free, to totally give ourselves over to the Lord through St. Joseph. Speaking of freedom, you know what gets in the way of freedom? <laughs> How about that for a transition? Stuff. Stuff gets in the way of freedom, right? Just think about, um, I don't know, uh, I've 
it's been reflected back to me that I'm a very poor packer. Whenever I try and go anywhere, I I try and pack lightly, and yet then even like three bags later, and I have like this excuse now that I'm a priest, and so I need um, my different things for the altar for mass, and well, just in case that this comes up, this liturgical thing too, and before I know it, you know, I just have a whole car full of stuff, and I'm like, wait, I'm supposed to be a priest, I'm supposed to be poor, at least free, right, and not just be bogged down by all this stuff, and I don't know, maybe some of you are, who are watching on YouTube look behind at all these books, like I... I have to pack those up whenever I leave. And so, you know, one of the things that keeps us from freedom is stuff. That it is, it's material stuff that gets in the way. And how does it get in the way? It's not necessarily just the stuff, but it's our attachment to the stuff. Thinking that we need these different things that then, okay, maybe I don't think I need them, but I get so comfortable with it that to consider not having this couch or this TV or this phone or this car or this whatever. I just don't want to part with it. Jesus has these really incredible words in the Beatitudes where he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed, right? You know that in Greek that means happy. That happy are the poor which couldn't be more contradictory to our 21st century world, especially our Western world, where we have more material things at our fingertips than ever before, right? Yet blessed, happy are are you poor. I think about this in some of my experiences of doing mission trips, of going around, and it can be incredibly hard. I think about I had a chance to go to Ethiopia And there in Africa, just being able to, even it was to the capital city of Addis Ababa, and being really confronted with more poverty than I had ever seen before. People living in shacks, people lying on the streets with sores, infections, everything just sprawled out, not having access to anything that we just take for granted, right? And talking to some of the people, they were just lamenting, some of them, I just wish I was in America. I just wish I had access to this job or access to money and then my life would be so much better. And it's heartbreaking, right? Because you see in, in a sense, on a physical level, their misery. And so to say happy are the poor, like Jesus, I don't know. <laughs> Those who are poor also suffer a lot. And yet I was just led to talk to them and, and let them know, you know, I'm surrounded by a lot of people who have everything that you say that you really need and they're not happy. They're not. They have access to everything they could need and want and more and there's just a a misery, an, an unsettledness to them. It was also though in in those same moments that I was able to encounter in this poverty in Africa, I've been to Jamaica, I've been, you know, all over the world. And just to be able to see it's actually in here where maybe on the surface it looks like they're miserable, they're poor, if only they could have more access to more things. But on a deeper level, they have this joy that would put us to shame. <laughs> like they have a joy in having not the food and not the homes and not the cars or not the technology. Yet they have this joy and I think it comes from in their poverty They're just freer to appreciate the relationships, especially grounded in the family. And even more deeply, in God. 
they're able to have this understanding of I'm that this world is not home. <laughs> this is not it. And I know that so clearly by the way that I live and the way that I'm so limited and don't have access to um, anything and everything. I was thinking about this. Of course, Jesus has this encounter with the young man who says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And of course, after going back and forth, the young man is able to say, I've kept all the commandments, right? I've done all these things. What else? And it says in Mark's gospel that Jesus looked at him and loved him. And he says, you lack one thing. Go, sell everything you own, give it to the poor, and follow me. And at that, the young man's countenance fell, and he went away in sorrow because he had many things. Freedom, right? Freedom ultimately is this ability to follow the Lord, to be faithful to him, to love him and to love those people in our lives. And it's stuff that can get us, get in the way. And it's stuff that can keep us sorrowful. I think this is why Jesus has such harsh words, right? Woe to you who are rich, for you have received your reward. It's not that stuff is bad in and of itself, but it's dangerous. It can be incredibly deceiving to have all of these different things that we can rely on, that we can find our security in the things of this world. And yet, it's the spiritual poverty that allows us to rely not on our own strengths, not on our own security, but on the Lord. And sometimes we can deceive ourselves to say, no, 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 I trust in the Lord. I've given him everything. Whatever he would ask, I would do it. And yet, whenever it's um, from this place of uh, material wealth and comfort, I don't know, Do we? are we really able to do that? And that's the danger in it, right? There's a great story of St. Martin of Tours, who I think lived in the, the fourth century. And here he was, this soldier. He was discerning coming into the church. He was what's known as a catechumen. He was going through the process of coming in and In a lot of ways, he had everything that the world had to offer. He was this soldier, and so he had this position of prestige and access to even um, climbing the, the social ladder at that time. And it was at this time that he came across a poor beggar who was naked, hungry. And there Martin got off his horse, came down, listened to him, looked at him, talked to him, and he gave him half of his cloak. Literally with his sword, he cut his cloak in two and gave him half and kept the other half himself. And it was later that, um, it was later that night that Martin had a dream where he was able to see Christ and he was able to reveal that was me because Jesus was literally wearing the cloak that Martin had given to him, that that was me that you clothed. And maybe, I don't know about you, I think about this, it's like, wait, Why didn't Martin just give him his whole cloak? (laughs) And here's what I love about this story. Martin gave not from a position of wealth. It's like, no, no, have have this cloak. I have plenty more back home or whatever. Martin gave from this place of his own poverty. The implication is that this is the only cloak that I have. And so what I give to you, I'm literally sharing in your poverty that I'm giving you half of my cloak so that you can be half clothed and I can be half naked with you, right? Here's this invitation of embracing the joy and 
embracing the invitation or the opportunity to encounter Jesus Christ in the poor, in this detachment of these things that I'm willing to give, not from a position of wealth or surplus. No, no, no. I'll, I'll give you this $20 bill. I've got another 20 in my wallet. It's like, I give you this 20, which means that I'm not going to be able to eat the same lunch that I would eat or get that same coffee drink that I would normally get. I give in a way that actually affects me. And in this, I'm free to encounter the Lord. How is St. Joseph poor? I want to read you this passage from St. Peter Julian Amard, who talks about uh, the great poverty of God and Joseph. The word of God desiring to espouse our poor humanity became poor for love of us. And Jesus wishes this poverty, effective and effective, to be the state in the cherished virtue of his followers. So Jesus wants us to encounter this, this poverty, whether it's um, willed or um, chosen for us. He goes on to say, St. Joseph, therefore, who was to have the glorious title and power of foster father of Jesus, had then to add evangelical poverty to all his qualities and royal glory. The religious vows have come down to us from Nazareth. You understand? The religious vows, so those um, monks and nuns who have willingly chosen poverty, it comes to us from the Holy Family. The original convent was in Nazareth, where poverty, chastity, and and obedience were first practiced. There, St. Joseph practiced all the councils, and through foster father of Jesus, and though foster father of Jesus, he was his most humble disciple. St. Joseph was poor in the goods of this world. He possessed nothing in Bethlehem, the country where his ancestors had been kings. He lived in Nazareth, the poorest and the most despised of cities, in the house where the incarnate word was conceived. To whom did that belong? We do not know. But judging from what we see at Loretto, how poor and cramped it was. St. Joseph had no personal resources, but was obliged to live by his trade, a lowly trade, that of a carpenter. His clothes, as is proved by his mantle, which is still preserved as a sacred relic, were poor and plain like those worn by other men of his rank. His food was that of the poor. His daily bread was barley bread. Really, it is almost shocking to see the Eternal Father send his Son into the midst of such great poverty. He knew that, yet he willed it. And it was he himself who had reduced St. Joseph to such dire straits. He willed that from the first moment his son should repair our attachment to material goods and our abuse of riches. So there was St. Joseph, who by right of birth might have been a king. There he was, an ordinary carpenter, looking so insignificant that all of Bethlehem rejected him and relegated him to the meanest of shelters, a stable. But St. Joseph had the spirit and the grace of Jesus Christ's poverty. He was happy to share it. He preferred it to all the wealth and glory of this world. Friends, a willing embrace of poverty. What does it look like? I think this is something that I can't answer for you. But the Holy Spirit through St. Joseph wants to lead you in 
St. Joseph, lover of poverty, we say this and we ask St. Joseph to pray for us. And this is not an easy prayer. And yet I want to invite you to really look at your own life. And it's not just the things that you have, but it's your relationship with the things that you have. And to not be afraid to give and to give it away. It's in that that with Joseph walking by our side, we're able to find a true freedom to find the real truth and the glory of these different relationships that we have. It's here where we're able to experience this truth that this world is not it. And yet so many of us are tempted to live as if this world is it and to build up our kingdoms here. And we will be sorely disappointed. (laughs) For it is harder for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven than a camel through an eye of a needle. And yet with Jesus' help, right, we're able to let go. And we're able, like St. Joseph, to be able to see Jesus in his poverty, in his humanity, and most especially in the Eucharist, where he is in this poor, humble, silent state. It's not easy to see him, and especially for those of us who are rich and have built ourselves up in the wisdom of the world, but for those of us who are humble and poor, we're able to recognize that it's you. It's you, and in my poverty, I'm free to allow you and your poverty to just come pouring in and fill me with the riches that aren't of this world, but of the next. With that confidence and that prayer, let's enter into our litany of St. Joseph, begging for his intercession in this true freedom. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The litany of St. Joseph, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, hear us. Christ, graciously hear us. God, the Father of heaven, have mercy on us. God, the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy on us. God, the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God, have mercy on us. Holy Mary, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Noble offspring of David, pray for us. Light of patriarchs, pray for us. Spouse of the mother of God, pray for us. Chaste guardian of the virgin, pray for us. Foster father of the son of God, pray for us. Zealous defender of Christ, pray for us. Head of the holy family, pray for us. Joseph most just, pray for us. Joseph most chaste, pray for us. Joseph most prudent, pray for us. Joseph most courageous, pray for us. Joseph most obedient, pray for us. Joseph most faithful, pray for us. Mirror of patience, pray for us. Lover of poverty, pray for us. Model of workmen, pray for us. Glory of domestic life, pray for us. Guardian of virgins, pray for us. Pillar of families, pray for us. Comfort of the afflicted, pray for us. Hope of the sick, pray for us. Patron of the dying, pray for us. Terror of demons, pray for us. Protector of the Holy Church, pray for us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Spare us, O Lord. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Graciously hear us, O Lord. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. 
He has made him Lord of his household and Prince over all his possessions. Let us pray. O God, who in your loving providence chose blessed Joseph to be the spouse of your most holy mother, grant us the favor of having him for our intercessor in heaven, whom on earth we venerate as our protector, you who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Through the intercession of St. Joseph and his most chaste heart, our blessed Mother Mary and her immaculate heart, may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, well, courage, persevere. These are not easy petitions to pray, and yet hopefully you're starting to experience already just the insights of entering into a deeper life of grace with Jesus Christ in all the ways that Joseph wants to just set us free to to make that happen. If this video was helpful, this podcast was helpful, I'd please invite you to like it, share it, comment on it, and um, pray for one another, huh? That we're not going through this alone. I know there are many of you out there going through it and that we might be built up in, in prayer and in confidence of the final destination, which is the Lord Jesus. God bless each and every one of you. You're in my prayers. I look forward to being with you all tomorrow. And St. Joseph, pray for us.